Hello and welcome to The Word Opened with me, Bramwell, from Holness Ministries. This is a weekly podcast opening God's Word, going through verse by verse and looking at what God's Word, the Bible, says. And so since we've started doing this podcast, we've been going through verse by verse of the book of Acts. And I've been personally getting really excited about this and excited as as I study it more and more about the book of Acts. The book of Acts has been on my heart for a long time and you as I as I delve into it, it's encouraging me and I pray that you know, each week that this is encouraging you and equipping you. Uh, last week we were focusing on Acts 2 verses 1 to 3 and particularly looking at this you know phrase of being of one accord. Yeah, we spent a long time looking at that whole thing of being of one accord, being of one mind, and the power behind that, the power behind being of one mind. Yeah, and then we talked uh, about the fact that there was a sound like a rushing mighty wind and that the whole house was filled and that the people were sat. Yeah, we dug into that a little bit deeper when the Holy Spirit came and then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire. So if you haven't heard last week's podcast, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that because I think it's you know, every week we try to open up scriptures. You know, we try to open up the scripture. We believe that what we get is what God gives us to be sharing uh, with fellow believers. But also if you're listening to this and you're not a fellow believer you know, and you've you've stumbled across this podcast i don't believe that there's any just like you know coincidences everything is a god instant there's a reason why god has brought you across this podcast for this time and i pray that as you listen to this that you will hear something that encourages you and equips you and today you know we are looking at acts 2 verse 4 in particular But I just want us to rewind and read from Acts 2 verse 1 because the whole setting of this is key. And just a reminder again, two weeks ago we talked about Pentecost and we had a a very teachable session on Pentecost and where Pentecost had come from. So that was two weeks ago. Every week we're building and we pray that we are building on the foundations of of Acts as we go through, but also the foundations of your faith. So Acts 2 verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So we're going to start by looking at the Holy Spirit. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is someone that comes into just almost controversy at times. You know, people's different beliefs and theologies and everything about the Holy Spirit. You know, even f- right from the Holy Spirit doesn't move today, right through to you know the Holy Spirit is moving, and you know, 
I really believe that the Holy Spirit is moving. The Holy Spirit is moving today. He's moving across our nations. The Holy Spirit, you know, we cannot speak about God without speaking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. You know, we've got Father, Son and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is so key within the whole of God. And we're going to look at this. You know, we're going to dig into this a little bit deeper because, you know, there are two what I'm going to call fillings of the Holy Spirit. You know, the first filling of the Holy Spirit is when we accept Christ. Yeah, in in you know technical terms, it's called regeneration. You know, when we're regenerated, those of you who may be Doctor Who fans, you may think about you know, the regeneration of Doctor Who. You know, when he changes. Yeah, that's what happens when we come to Christ. You know, when we come to Christ, when we realize that Jesus is who he says he is, that he has done what he says he has done, we are changed and transformed. Our life is changed and transformed. You know, and our character then takes a different direction. And that's due to the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, this is the regeneration. It's the changing of our life. You know, you, you may be listening to this right now and sensing something, sensing that there is a, a shift in your life, that, hang on a minute, dude, this is why I was like this and now I'm like this. Or you, you may be listening to this and you're going, you know, something in my life is just not aligned. Something in my life is wrong and I know it's wrong. It doesn't feel right but I can't place a finger on it. But I want to say to you that right now, that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to convict. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit comes to convict. You know, he comes to convict us of our sin. And what is happening is it's highlighting, the Holy Spirit is highlighting Areas in your life that do not line up with his will, with God's will, with our Heavenly Father's will. You know, parts of our life do not align. Why? Because we're born into sin. We're born into a sinful world. And when we're born into sin, our lives naturally take the direction of sin. You know, we, we don't have to teach a baby to be disobedient. You know, a child will naturally grow up in disobedience, but we have to teach them to be obedient. And the Bible tells us clearly how to do that. You know, how to grow a child in obedience, train a child in the way they should go, and then they shall not depart. You know, we are to train. As parents, we're to train. But, you know, I want to extend this as well, that the body of believers of a family... And it's for a family to support training in a child. Yeah, if, if, if a child sees one person within the family doing one thing and somebody else doing something else, and so, then they're getting split views and they then will decide for themselves, well, what, what's right and what's wrong? They will decide what is better. 
But if we're all, it comes back to last week, if we're all of one accord, if we're all of one mind, we're going in the same direction and the same you know, focus, then a child should see that within everyone. And I think, again, this is something that we don't see today. We don't see very often today. We don't see you know, a, a body of believers working together. In fact, we see body of believers you know, knocking blocks off each other in all sorts of ways. Or bodies of believers, you know, they may, may come together one day and then the rest of the week they don't care about each other. Yeah, they go their own separate ways. That's not what the body of believers is about. The body of believers is about family. It's about walking life together. In fact, we're going to look at that you know, as we go further into Acts. But it comes back to you. Know, I want to get, get us back to the point of a character shift, a change, a regeneration. And if we go to John 3, you know, we see this being talked about. John 3, verses 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with them. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. It's that whole thing of having to be born of the Spirit. What we're seeing here in Acts 2 right now is not being born of the Spirit. It's very clear that when we're born of the Spirit, we then come new. Yeah, we then become a new person. We're born again. A born again Christian is someone who has character changes in their life from where they were the first time. And those character changes can be you know, from fear to not having fear. You, know, you may be someone who struggles to sleep at night due to various things. When you allow Christ into your life, that fear goes. That's a change. You're born of the Spirit. You know, it may be that you're addicted to something. When you come to Christ, you realize who Christ is. He comes into your life. You accept him. You then become healed of that addiction. That's a character change. That's a change by the Holy Spirit. You know, those are just two examples. But they're character changes. They're shifts 
and it means that you are born again. Joe, we also see this whole thing of being born in the beginning when God creates man. If we look at Genesis 2 verse 7, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. Do you know, you are made by God. You're created by God. Your body shell when you're born is created by God. You know, I often hear this whole thing of, you know, oh, you're created in the image of God. Now, that is a biblical, you know, it, it comes from the Bible. It's a biblical quote. But I want us to be very careful of that because you're created in the image of God does not mean that you are bodily in the image of God. You're, you're created in the image of God in regards to your soul. You're created in the image of God in regards to you know, how you love. We're created to love. We are human beings that are created to love because God is love. But what happens is we enter into the world and the world is sinful all because of one man's disobedience to God. One man's disobedience to Adam. Because of his disobedience to God, sin entered the world. That's what sin is. It's disobedience to God. Joe, you may think that you walk life without any issues you know, you may live a life that you know, you've not murdered you've not st done something you've not stolen you've not you know, you've not done drugs or anything like that and think that you live a perfect life but are you living a life with god are you living a life of acceptance of jesus that's disobedience if not are you living a life where you've never said a bad word about somebody? If, if you have, that's disobedience to Jesus. You know, disobedience is everything that goes against what God commands us to do. That's disobedience. And so we're created, we're formed by God, but when we enter into the world, we are entering into a sinful world and we become corrupted. We become corrupted by the world we become corrupted by sin you don't need to teach a child to be disobedient a child naturally becomes disobedient ever wondered why because they're in a sinful world so they naturally become sinful but here in genesis 2 it clearly shows us the creation of human beings god formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being you know, god breathed into man god you, it was just a shell until god breathed and when god breathed then he became human then he became with life and that's exactly the point you know, he became life when god breathed into him and when god breathes his holy spirit into us we become life we then 
become a new creation. A creation that is under God. A creation that then gives us life in God's family. We're no longer walking of the world with the breath of the world, but we're walking with the breath of God. These are things that we need to understand and need to grasp. Because when we come to Jesus, when our eyes are open to who Jesus truly is, the God will breathe his Holy Spirit into us. Our bodies then, as they've become corrupted by the sinful nature, our bodies then become temples of the Holy Spirit. Our bodies then become temples of the Holy Spirit because we carry the Holy Spirit with us. So God breathes into us a new life. God breathes a new life into us, which is the Holy Spirit, and that regenerates us. That changes and transforms our life. And in Galatians 5, it tells us what happens to us. Paul talks about the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. You know, our character changes, and we then live out from the Spirit a new life. A life of love, of joy, of peace, of long-suffering, of kindness, of goodness, of faithfulness, of gentleness, of self-control. And we need to be praying for these things to be increased in our life. But when God breathes into us and we're regenerated, these are the things that then manifest in our life. Yeah, this is the way of being able to see whether someone has genuinely changed or not. If someone has had the Holy Spirit poured into them. Because they will live out a life that demonstrates the Spirit. That demonstrates these. And so we have this regeneration through the Holy Spirit when we come to Christ. But the Holy Spirit that we see that's poured out on Pentecost in Acts 2 is what has become known as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an empowering. It's not a regenerational thing. That has already happened. But it's an empowering. You, We can see this as well because Jesus breathes on the disciples and says receive my holy spirit receive the holy spirit sorry not mine receive the holy spirit and this is before he's even you ascended he breathes on the disciples and says receive the holy spirit they receive it then but then we see in acts 2 when he's ascended we see this whole 
empowering. And it's out of this empowering that we see the disciples then go out and do things that they were not able to do. And one of the first things that they're able to do is the speaking in tongues. And we'll look at that um, a little bit more probably next week. But we see this empowering. And if we look at Jesus' life, we see this empowering as well in Jesus. Because in Luke, yeah, if we go to Luke 4, in fact, let's, let's flip back to Luke 3 for a minute. In Luke 3, we have Jesus' baptism. You know, Jesus is baptized. And in Luke 4, verse 1, it says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for forty days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterwards, when they had ended, he was hungry. Jesus is baptized and then is filled with the Holy Spirit. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. He enters into the wilderness and is then tempted. And then we have the whole thing of the temptations that comes. And then we jump to verse 14, which says, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And news of him went out through all the surrounding region. Jesus is first led by the Spirit, and then he returns in the power of the Spirit. As he holds firm to his faith, as he holds firm to knowing who he is, he knows his identity in God, as he is tested and tempted, the Holy Spirit is then poured out into him. He is then empowered to come back and do the ministry that God has sent for him. And you know, this is this is something that I don't think we grasp. Because when we are filled with the Spirit and we're led by the Spirit, we have to hold firm in our faith. And when we show that we are holding firm in our faith, then we will be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. But that only comes when we hold firm and hold fast in faith and obedience to him. When Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit coming, And he tells his disciples about waiting in Jerusalem. If we look at Luke 24, uh, verse 49, he says this to his disciples. This is after his uh, death and resurrection. He's appearing back to the disciples. He says this, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endured with power from on high yeah jesus makes it very clear that there is going to be power that comes 
from high. Power that's going to come from heaven. They've already been breathed on and he's been told, he's told them to receive the Holy Spirit. Now he's telling them, wait in Jerusalem, tarry in Jerusalem and you will receive power until you are endured with power from on high. Remember, they have to be obedient to what Jesus is telling them to be able to receive that power. Because back to what I was saying earlier on, that if we're obedient to him between being filled and having our regeneration, our character change, then, then we will be all filled with power. The power of the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So these are the things that we need to be looking for. And these are the things that we're not taught I don't see this teaching I don't see this teaching and it really grieves me at times where this teaching is not given but what I see biblically is 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 exactly this so the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something that comes the Holy Spirit is a person he comes and fills us with power when we walk in obedience when there's been a character change when we've accepted Jesus we've accepted our eyes have been opened to him there's a character change we've been baptized and we're walking in obedience and we walk in that obedience, we will then be filled with the power. You know, are you walking in obedience to him? Are you walking in obedience to Jesus that since you came to Christ, that you have been walking and continuing to walk in obedience to him? Because that's, it, that's the point. That's exactly what he wants to see. That's exactly what our Heavenly Father wants to see. He wants to see you walking in obedience. So the question is, are you walking in that obedience? Are you walking in the obedience of him? Are you following what he commands you to do? Are you following what he commands you to do biblically, but also are you following him in obedience to what he's telling to you to do directly? Where to go, what to do, how to live your life out. Are you following in that obedience? As we just focus on this power of the Holy Spirit, you know, it's not something that's just in the New Testament. It's something that it appears in the Old Testament as well if we look at uh, exodus 31 when you know god has instructed moses in regards to the building of the tabernacle he says in exodus 31 verse 1 then the lord spoke to moses saying see i have called by name bazeli the son of uriah the son of her of the tribe of judah and I filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and all manner of workmanship to design artistic works, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. Here we see here 
that the Lord fills someone with the Spirit and in filling him with the Spirit he's filled with wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in workmanship for doing creative things. The creativity is an element of the Holy Spirit. Creativity is something that is given by God. The Holy Spirit pours out creativity, but the creativity comes through wisdom and understanding and knowledge and workmanship. And so we see this example of the Holy Spirit empowering someone to do something for God's glory, which is to build the tabernacle. You know, the pouring out, the empowering of the Holy Spirit is to bring God glory. It's not for personal gain. It's not for us to be able to put a pedestal, put ourselves on a pedestal. It's for God to be glorified. And so we see again you know, in Exodus 35 verse 31 that you again the Lord has spoken to Moses about you know, Bezali. And Moses said to the children of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezeli, the son of Uriah, the son of Hur, the tribe of Judah. And he's filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding, in knowledge and all manner of workmanship, to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of artistic workmanship. And he has put in his heart the ability to teach in him and Ahalib, the son of Ashmach of the tribe of Dan. He has filled them with the skill to do all manner of work of the engraver and the designer and the tapestry maker in blue, purple and scarlet thread and fine linen and the weaver. Those who do every work and those who design artistic works. This has all been coming from the Holy Spirit. It's all come from the Holy Spirit. And we have another example of the Holy Spirit in Judges. You know, the empowering of Samson comes from the Holy Spirit. If we look at Judges 14, verse 6. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand. But he did not tell his father or his mother that he had done. Do you know, Samson's strength came from an infilling, an empowering of the Holy Spirit. Samson was empowered by the Holy Spirit. The difference is that the empowering of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament comes at various times. But the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament is there to stay. But it's all to give glory to God. It's all to give glory to God. 
And so if somebody is a prideful person, then they will not be infilled. They will not be baptized by the Holy Spirit. But remember, we come back to what we said earlier on. If you're walking in obedience, then you will be filled. You will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. You need to be walking in that obedience to Jesus before. And so you know, next week we're going to continue looking at this in more detail. And we're going to look looking at you know, the gifts that, or some of the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. Particularly as we go into looking at the gifts of tongues. Because that's what happens you know, at that first Pentecost. And again this is another area of real controversy. But I'm going to hopefully unpack that a little bit more uh, next week. But I hope and pray that today that this has equipped you and encouraged you with looking biblically at the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Spirit and the regeneration of the Spirit. You know who the Holy Spirit is, what He does. I pray Father God, will you reveal your Holy Spirit to your people? Will you open eyes to see character changes in people? Holy Spirit, will you pour out on those that are listening to give direct character changes? A regeneration of spirit and soul. A regeneration of people living for you. A regeneration of people that are not prideful. Lord, may we be walking with you. And everything be focused upon you. In Jesus' name. Amen.